0: It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. fired up, man. Kick it off a new, well, new year, man. And our first guest, straight stud, y'all. Man. <laughs> uh.
1: Top of the charts, uh, at least from our perspective, I think you guys are gonna agree as well. Man, yeah. if you could ever dream, I mean, just dream big, what would I wanna be? You know? I dream big all the
0: time, man. I dream big all the time. And it's still not as big as, as he's riding in, man. I'm like, oof, I'm so jealous. Like, you know, they say heaven is full of things you get sent to hell for. Um, Man, his job is full of the things that, uh, you know, no doubt we all dream of. We're like, oh, my God, if I could only
1: get C time and A, B, C, D. um, Man, what a blast that would be. Yeah, so take uh, Rockstar, scratch it off the list. Although this could be, you know, kind of Rockstar status and and maybe, uh, you know, in that category of famous actor blowing it off the charts and then bam, there you land right there, top of the charts. And especially for us car guys, it, it's, it's rock star status, man. That's where I'm at, man. This is Cooper yeah. McNeil. This guy is racing legit stuff all over the circuit, oh. man. Oh, we went and saw him race. So uh, a couple two, three seasons ago. Fantastic. Yeah, man. Daytona 24 hours awesomest race ever. God, so jealous. It's
0: insane. Yeah, it's one of those things as a guy who loves racing, I've been racing, you know, my first memory is watching my dad at a racetrack. Very first memory of my life, uh, which is, you know, kind of funny. That's how, how hard racing is is in my blood. Uh, man, as I sit back and look at the stuff he's able to do and, you know, at, at the level he's able to do it, and man, it's absolutely amazing. Few of us will ever... Good to see you know uh the competitiveness uh, of, of what drives some of these guys, but you're looking at races like 24 Hours a Daytona. Kevin and I went to this, and literally, it's one of the coolest experiences you could ever, ever see, and most definitely ever hear. Like just the audio portion, my God, is it's unbelievable.
1: What you hear as those cars go by oh. when you go to an IMSA like a sports car race, there's there's multiple different series all running at the same time so it's like you're getting to see multiple races you know all at once and all intermingled uh getting down in the pits checking out the cars it's mind-blowing and and Cooper man he is two-time ALMS GTC champion four-time Ferrari challenge champion two-time Sebring 12-hour winner I mean the list goes on and on three-time Petit Le Mans winner god this guy just crushes it so fast and living the life, man.
0: Yeah, man. I can't wait to talk to him. It's just to know what that experience must feel like. We all dream about that, you know? Uh, we got pro- people probably listening. It's like, man, I get a little crazy out on the curvy roads out in my neck of the woods. You know, I tear the tires off of it. I could do that. But uh, in reality, man, w- we find out really fast when you run out of talent halfway through a turn that uh, it's a different level. Uh, this man has it. He owns it. He lives it. He loves it. And we get to talk to him on the Two Guys Garage podcast. So let's take a break. When we come back, Cooper McNeil, hold on, y'all. Or as he would tell you, Buckle up, this is going to be a ride It's Kevin Bird, Willie B, it is the Two Guys Garage Podcast It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B And we have our boy Cooper McNeil on the podcast today Man, dude, we're so jelly Let me just, oh, let me give you a little knuckle bump Ah, oh, dude, uh, I got to tell you man I absolutely love watching uh, watching people like yourself have a blast in what you do, man. It's gotta be amazing.
2: Yeah, Kevin Willie boys, thanks for having me. Super stoked to be here. Um, yeah, like you like you said, it, uh, you know, there's there's nothing quite doing nothing quite like doing 200 miles an hour legally. That's the key. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, super stoked to be here on the show with you guys.
1: Well, and then you're side by side, man. You're dicing it up, mixing it up. I mean, it's just gotta be full on adrenaline rush. And you know, when you do those long races, now clearly you've got uh, teammates when you're doing a 24-hour race, but you could be in the cockpit for, you know, several hours at a time, you know, probably have to do multiple shifts. How do you even manage that energy level, that that sort of adrenaline spike, but then probably the crash on the other end? Uh, you know, what's that like getting in kind of these bigger races like that? Hey,
0: are you wearing a diaper? Are you wearing a diaper? Come on, man, hit it with the hard
1: questions. Are
2: you wearing a diaper? you know, everybody asked me that in uh, 15 years of racing cars, I've never once peed in the seat. So um, <laughs> I, I've got I've got that streak going for me. But uh, yeah, no, wheel to wheel, fender to fender, 200 miles an hour for, you know, 24 hours straight, but uh, two to three hours straight at any given time. So um, I mean, definitely it uh, when you first you first get in the car, you have some nerves. But you know, once you turn a few laps, it's it's right back to business. And and, you know, the, the thing about these endurance races is, like you said, they're, you know, 10 hours of Petit Le Mans, 12 hours of Sebring, 24 hours Daytona, 24 hours of Le Mans, which obviously you guys have heard of, um, you know, you can't win the race in the first hour or the eighth hour or the 12th hour, you know, you got to make it to the end. So um, you really got to focus on uh, not putting a wheel off, keeping the wheels straight, not rubbing... With any other cars around you at 90 or 190 miles an hour um you know really keeping these machines in in tip-top condition for the end of the race for for battle at, at, at the end of for example the 24 hours of daytona trying to win a watch so um you know you have these endurance races which which are really flat out sprint races because the level of reliability and the level of technology on these modern race cars these modern gt3 gte cars is so, uh, you know, so advanced that the racing is really 24 hours of sprint racing because the cars are so reliable. So you're really pounding out qualifying laps, every single lap for 24 hours straight, every driver is in your car. And for that matter, every other car for 24 hours straight, uh, because of the level of reliability in these cars. So that's what makes the racing in my opinion, so exciting and, and such close, hard, good, good racing.
0: Hey. All right, I got a couple questions in that. Um, we got to come back to the, the watch thing, but you racing <laughs> that for a watch? That's, I, I need more details. Uh, secondly, um, so uh, one of the best pieces of advice, he's so right on this, you guys, best pieces of advice I got when I was doing some serious motocross. I was, I raced pro motocross for a while, um, and one of the best things somebody told me is, hey, man, you got to slow down and you will go faster. You don't have to win the race in the first lap, the second lap, the third lap. He's like, you know, Pick your point, make your moves, but you don't have to do everything on the first lap. And a lot of times, when you're in that, you know, you're in that position and you're racing, you know, a lot of a lot of racers make that mistake of trying to do too much too soon, versus picking off the pieces throughout the course of the race. Uh, and I think that's good advice to give people
1: out there that are, you know, out seeking some throttle therapy. Now, when you're going through these races for so long, I mean, are you at ninety percent, ninety-eight percent, kind of until you get to that last? What, five laps, 50 laps? What, what's kind of the strategy going in?
2: Oh, man. I mean, honestly, like I said, nowadays, every, every lap is a qualifying lap. You're pretty much 100% every lap for 24 hours straight uh, because of the level of competition and in, in the racing that I do is the you know, the top endurance racing in the, in the country and top two in the world. So um, the level of competition just doesn't allow for you to be at 98%. You really have to be at 100% the whole time especially with the reliability of the cars. So, um, you know, uh, there was a famous racing driver that said, I think it was Mario Andretti that said, to finish first, you must first finish. So, I mean, no truer words have ever been spoken in in endurance racing to make it to to win the Rolex at the end of the 24 hours of Daytona. You have to be there at the end. Talk to me about that
0: watch, man. (laughs) Yeah, that yeah, I'll do it for a watch. You, I got a watch. I did not have to
1: race for it. Or you nothing. could buy. You I'll could, race well, you for it. Let's go. Well,
2: essentially, if you win the race, you 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 do you do buy one if you're the one paying for for the race to, to you know if the race car to run. But but yeah, if you win the 24 Hours of Daytona, you, you win a watch. So uh, you win a Rolex Daytona. So um, which is engraved on the back is Rolex 24 Hour Winner. So the I personally would not know because the ISI finished at Daytona second, and they don't give a watch out for second place, unfortunately. Uh, We came so close so many times You know, I've done the race God, I don't know 13 times-ish now Something like that So, Hey
0: man, I I know after a a good day on the track When I leave the track And I'm driving home Be it in my car, race car, or in any car It it feels really weird How slow everybody's moving, man When you get done doing these sessions And you're driving home
2: Aren't you like, would
0: would y'all get out of the way? Speed up Like, God, y'all go slow
2: yeah, Willie, that's a, that's a, a pretty true reality about it. You get it, you know, you're doing 190 miles an hour plus for hours at any given time. And then you get your little Nissan rental car and you leave the track I, yeah. to go to the hotel or, to go to the hotel or go home. And it's like, uh, you know, basically like time is standing still and everybody's stopped. But, you know, at the same time, you're so tired. You just, I just, put the seat back put some music on and just relax really by like,
0: driving in a slow motion
2: the street the street is for street driving and the racetrack's for racetrack driving so kind of have to you know separate oh the yeah two. <laughs> that's awesome though I, I learned that lesson the way. <laughs> yeah. <to trust> <laughs> tell us tell us a little bit about the rig that you're
1: running right tell us a little bit about your car now we saw you god was it two three years ago uh, but I think you've kind of upgraded a little bit since then. So you're running now a Porsche, right?
2: Yeah. A couple 911. Of year, yep. A couple of years ago, was in the Ferrari. This last year, 2020, uh, excuse me, 2021 was in the Porsche RSR, uh, which is the pinnacle of GT sports cars in the world. Um, but then this year, everything switched in, in IMSA. Everything switched from uh, GTE to GT3. So I'm running a Porsche GT3R. So... Just a different Ooh, nice. uh, different spec race car. Uh, it's got ABS, traction control, uh, about 500 horsepower, um, lots of aerodynamics for, for going through corners quick. So a um, little bit different car that I've been racing this last year, but nonetheless still a, a badass uh, Porsche race car.
0: What's your average speed in that thing?
2: Well, it depends on the racetrack. I mean, you know, Daytona, uh, I want to say, gosh, I want to say probably – 65 to 70 percent of the lap is full throttle so um on the banking at daytona we're doing buck 75 buck 80 in a draft going into into turn one so down to turn one's probably 50 miles an hour so yeah 180 miles an hour down to 50 in about 100 yards yeah if that as
0: fans one of the craziest things we witnessed was you know watching you guys race that time was how hard and how insane and what the brakes are are put through in a race like that, when you see the rotors just glowing like you know, like somebody's just lighting them on fire, these things are glowing all around the track and especially through some of those tight, you know, those tight, coke bottle neck areas you know and and some of those really tight turns where you guys are coming you know down to a speed where you can handle the, the turns it's crazy watch how those brakes catch on fire man just like
2: yeah crazy yeah what's what's even more crazy about that is that's every single corner of every single lap for 24 hours straight so really you know it pays a testament to uh to how advanced the technology is in in modern sports car racing and and how special, how special it is. Because every lap, every corner is flat out as fast as you can go, as fast as you can push the envelope to the very raggedy edge of, of crashing. So it, uh, it, it, like you said, it looks easy, but it's far from easy.
1: Yeah, that's a fact. So what did you do in the early days that got you prepared for where you're at today? Run from the um, law. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> did, you, did you start in like uh you know karting or anything like that or did you go into full-size cars right out of the gate and uh never look back
2: yeah that's an that's an interesting question kevin actually my dad raced for 20 years so i grew up going to the racetrack watching him race um and he actually bought me a uh go-kart when i was little but wouldn't let me drive it because of how dangerous they are go figure so um dad vibes right there um, uh, right. Exactly. So I actually hopped in a 1992 BMW 325 IS with 200,000 miles on it. That was converted to a race car when I was 15 years old. And, um, just honestly, just literally put in the seat time, uh, went to a racetrack nearby where I live in Chicago and, uh, had a, had a world-class coach by the name of Randy Popes, who's the second winningest sports car driver in the country. And, um, just put in the seat time, learning car control, learning racecraft, getting better, getting faster, getting more comfortable with driving a car at, at the limit um, of every corner of every lap for for extended periods of time. And once my skill level progressed, then the speeds of the car progressed. You know, went from the BMW to the 325 to an M3, which was faster, more horsepower. And then went from there uh, to faster race cars and just built built speed. You know, built my built my speed, built the seat time and. I got better and better, and then, um, you know, went uh, pro racing uh, when I was 17, 18. Uh, won a couple championships right off the bat, which was huge, and, and then never looked back.
0: Bro, you got to be in one of these jobs where, man, tell me you can't, every day you got to laugh a little bit at work. Like, damn, I can't believe <laughs> I got to rip this, you know, this fast. And have somebody, like, yes, it's intense. Yes, it's it's there's a lot of endurance and training and uh, mental preparedness that comes into play. But, you know, every once in a while, you just got to be like, "Uh,"
2: you know, like, yeah, "Yeah." no, it's uh, (laughs) no, it's quite special. What I what I what I get to do, what I'm allowed to do and very, you know, humble and blessed to be able to do what I do. And I definitely don't take it for granted. You know, it's uh, it's. You know, endurance racing is, is a very physically demanding sport, like you said, not only mentally but but physically. You know, you don't have to be really strong to 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 endurance race, but you have to have a lot of cardio. It's a, a heat endurance is huge, mental endurance is huge, and it really takes a toll on on the body and the mind. And you know, I've been doing it for almost fifteen years and I'm twenty nine years old now, so
0: uh, Cooper, I'm, I'm not sure if you know this. You know, um cardio is actually a Latin word that's translated, it means ham sandwich. Uh no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry. I've had a few ham sandwiches,
1: now, don't you worry <laughs> Man, I'd be in great shape if it was yeah, ham yeah, sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah, right? you know? <laughs> no
2: kidding. Uh, no kidding.
1: I'd be like force Schwarzenegger over here. Hey, uh, there you go. Give me a damn ham hey, sandwich. Man, I uh, one question
0: and we gotta go to break real fast, but um at some point at some point some lady uh across these fruity plains has asked you what you do for a living, and you my friend, Cooper McNeil, got to drop the most awesome line ever. Uh, <laughs> I drive a race car for a living. Ooh, you got to tell us uh, somewhere where you're going to use that line coming up next uh, and how that worked out, because I know people don't believe you. Um,
1: do the do yes. the ladies throw their undergarments at you, or is it just me and Willie? <laughs>
2: well, I, I, signed, I signed some guy's butt one time at uh, at Le Mans, so... So there is that. Uh, um, that's funny, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who I feel more sorry for—him or you, uh, or the,
1: yeah, or the no sharpie, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, no or kidding. anyone standing near there. Yeah, hey, I, no kidding. I, nobody's perfect. Everybody's butts got a crack in it. All right, it's the Two Guys right podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B. We're back in just a minute. Uh, it is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And he is Cooper McNeil. Uh, the fastest man we've ever talked to. This guy, he drives like 200 miles an hour on a regular basis. Tell me that wouldn't put a smile on your face. Who does it like that? All right, Coop, we got to ask you. At some point, some lady has come up to you and probably hit you with a question. What's a, what's a man like you doing in a place like this? No. Um, what do you do for a living? So, do you ever get to drop the... I drive race cars for a living, man. Come on.
1: You had to at least once. Yeah. Yeah, Well, that's got to be be the line you just introduce yourself with wherever you go. Hi, I drive race cars.
2: Right. Almost as good as I'm Tiger Woods or something like that. No, I, uh, you know, whatever. uh, It's been dropped once or twice, but I have a lovely new fiance. So, um, uh, you know. Don't have to worry about any of well, that.
1: Congratulations, man! Yeah, yeah. thank you. Cong- congratulations, Thanks, guys! Man. Thank you.
2: Yeah.
0: Appreciate it. Um, yeah, that is huge, you. man. You're gonna you're gonna have the uh, the ability to do whatever your wife tells you. You can do. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, it's funny. She doesn't. She doesn't care about. She doesn't care about race cars at all. So, uh, it's actually. It actually works out perfect. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs>
0: uh, I don't know about you. Uh, I went out and found me a, a woman with some warrants because I know she's never going to call the cops. Uh, hopefully, you did as well, man. <laughs> um, uh, but, but seriously, if I was one of your boys, I'd be like, uh, he drives race cars for a living. Uh, just use that as a, as breaking the ice. That it's got to be one of the coolest, like jobs, and and the cars you get to drive. You know, that's something that a lot of people don't. Get experience you know you have names like ferrari porsche um yeah that i mean that in itself is something kind of unique right
2: oh yeah absolutely i mean you know people That's the thing about racing in the states is you know it's not very big in europe it's you know motorsports is the number one sport over there here it's football so you know you say you race cars and people are like oh cool like you know, what, what, what do you do? You know, NASCAR or, or whatever, but you know, it's yeah. like, Oh no, I, I race sports cars, endurance racing, Porsches, Ferraris, BMWs. And they're like, Oh, that's, that's cool. I drive a car every day. You know, I could do that. So they really don't, they don't really, they don't really have an, appreci- they don't really have an appreciation for it. Um, but, uh, then you, you know, then you spend 10 minutes educating them about it. When you say it's 130 degrees in the car for two hours straight, and you're pulling between two and four G's. Uh, That puts it into perspective a little bit for some people at least. Well, I always thought
1: it was sad. I I grew up from a very young age, you know, one of my best friends around the corner. Uh, His dad was a huge IMSA, sports car fanatic. They always went to the races. So I was at least around it all the time. I got exposure on what, to me, awesome real racing is. But most like you said most of americans they're not even really familiar they hear Lamas, they you know they see the ford gt or or some other car maybe the corvette that's you know one it's on the news once in once in a while but man they've never been exposed they never really got to appreciate and willie you can probably you know give a little testament on sort of your first experience at daytona a couple years ago what your impressions are versus you know going to a nascar race or dirt track race or anything else Uh, To me, I I think it's just the epitome of, I mean, you've mentioned technology so many times, Uh, the technology's there, all the coolest cars in the world are there, prototypes, you know, cars that you, you know, you don't see on the road or some variation. I mean, they're full built to go fast. You have the full spectrum there. I mean, you can't go wrong with a sports car race. I think they're awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me personally, it was a whole different experience than any race I'd ever been at. It was one of those things that just watching the cars, like if you're serious about speed, this is what you got to go see. This is what you have to watch and witness because these cars, these drivers, uh, and these races are just absolutely Mind-blowing! What they're putting these machines and drivers through—it uh, it is one of the most intense. Even as a fan, when you hear these cars and you watch the speed that they're coming at you at, and how hard they're—they're they're going from you know 180, you know, down to you know something where they can handle a super incredible tight turn, and coming out of it, trying to manage the car and the power, uh, and do this repeatedly over and over. You know, through the night, through the elements, uh, into the morning hours, through sun glare, and still a level of intensity that we can't. You know, really even fathom unless you're in that position. Uh, and trust me, at 200 miles an hour, things come at you obscenely fast. Uh, it is something you have to be heads up on uh, and absolutely in control of everything going on in and around you uh, in that car. And uh, I totally hats off to you guys. I I love racing. I've been racing a lot of different things throughout my entire life. And man, hats off to to you, bro. That's a uh, that's an experience that's got to be straight wild, man.
2: Yeah, it is. It is straight wild. That's that's a very good way to put it, Willie. And and honestly, you know, that's a, one of the most beautiful things about in, endurance racing in in IMSA is, you know, you see like Kevin, you mentioned the prototypes, but people can't relate to prototypes. They don't see those on the street, but they see Porsches, they see Ferraris, they see BMWs, Mercedes, Audis, Acuras.
1: Well, to see, yeah, to see a Corvette. You know, C8, like battling out with an R8, you know, from Audi and a Ford GT. I mean. Exactly.
2: <sighs> yep. They see all these cars on the street and they can relate to them and go, you know, they can go into the showroom and look at these cars, you know, uh, an iteration of them. Not the exact car, but, you know, something that they can re- relate to, which which really has been building the fan base over the last, you know, multiple years is is just the real relate- relatability of these cars to, to the average person. Um, you know, seeing these Lamborghinis and Ferraris and really cool cars on television and then, you know, running into them on the street here and there and, and seeing the stuff uh, in, in person really, really helps build the fan base and allow somebody to, you know, to relate. Not only that, but in IMSA, you know, you get, you get a ticket to the race, you can get into the paddock and stand right up and close and personal with these cars, talk to the drivers in person. Uh, talk to the crew. Look at wh- what goes into a pit stop. Watch these people wrench on the cars and and uh, and work on them and and get up and close and personal and take videos and pictures and and all sorts of cool stuff. Where in Formula One or some of these other different series, you can't get anywhere near these cars. So so it, it, you know IMSA endurance racing in the country is is really a, a special sport because people can get up close and personal and relate to the cars.
1: Now, do you have a favorite? So if you could pick any ride, even if it's just to, uh, you know, do some hot laps in, uh, is there any car out there in the series that, uh, man, you just you just love, you've been in before, or you just can't wait to get in one?
2: Oh, well, honestly, you know, that's one of the, the things about uh, what I've been doing the last, you know, almost 15 years is I've been able to choose what I want to drive. I've been fortunate enough to be in the position where I can do that. So I've sort of been driving, you know, the, what I desire to drive be it the Ferrari a couple of years ago, um, or the RSR last year, um, which are two fantastic cars. You know, those are, are, some of the best cars that, that you can drive in the sports car world. So really fortunate to drive those, but, you know, from a sheer fan standpoint, I'd love to, you know, take the Corvette for a couple hot laps. That would be really cool. Um, never really drove well one time i drove a lamborghini ferrari just for one short race but uh i think it'd be cool to to hop in a lambo and turn some turn some laps at anger but um you know been fortunate enough to to be able to drive when i want to so uh it's been quite special
0: hey, hey bro what about tracks is there a track where you really you would love to uh lay down some some stripes on is there a certain place that you would love to to race at or just take a car to and and unlock it for a, a day or two?
2: Well, I would like to do some rally racing. I've never done off-road racing, so doing something like the Dakar, which uh, was going on this last week, actually, uh, in Saudi Arabia, uh, I think would be really cool, some off-road racing. Um, but, uh, you know, there's some stuff like uh, Fuji, which is a very famous F1 racetrack that, I'd, that I've never been to that would be, be amazing to race at. But a couple of my favorites are obviously Le Mans. That track is is quite special. It's, you know, eight, eight and a half miles of wide open 80% of the lap is full throttle and you're doing 190 miles an hour for, you know, minutes at a time on the Molson straight. So that's extremely special. Um, and then another one of my favorites is Montreal racing at Montreal, uh, up in Canada. Uh, they only race there once a year and that's during the F1 race. So I've done the support races like Ferrari challenge and Porsche cup race up there. And that to me is one of the best driver's tracks that, that, uh, that I've been to. But, but I think some off-road racing would be cool. Kind of like maybe Baja, maybe one day do Baja. That would be cool.
1: Hell oh, yeah. Yeah. I got a buddy that just, uh, just broke into Baja last year, man. He's, he's been twice cool. now he, first time out. We're gonna have to have him on Willie. First time out, he won his class. Won his no class kidding. first time out. Now granted, good, there's a lot good of luck, right? Like who's breaking down oh, Who's yeah. not, um, Oh yeah. But uh, second, second time around wasn't as good as the first time around, but uh, he's having a blast, man. So I think you should do it. Come back with some stories. All right, all right Cube, I got a question. When you ask most people,
0: what do they like most about their job? Uh, it's the answers are usually a uh, payday and lunch breaks. Uh, wh- what do you like <laughs> most about, about doing what you do uh, for a living? Cause a lot of people never get experience. So for us on this end, watching you do all of this stuff man uh what would you say is your favorite part of the day is it the first lap is it that middle game that goes on before you you know you sort of plug yourself into the mechanism is it you know midway through the race when the cars biting and everything's working for you like what part do you feel you know more appreciative of or admire the most when, when it comes to these days
2: well, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is obviously winning. You know, I don't, I don't go to the racetrack to, to finish second. So when you, when you put all this preparation, time, money, effort, blood, sweat, tears, emotions, everything that goes into these long endurance races, and then you win is just, I mean, there's no, there's no better, better feeling really than, than winning, you know, a 24-hour 24 24 hour race or 12 hours of Sebring or Petit Le Mans like I did this, this, uh, at the end of this last year. Um, but, um, honestly, I mean, forget the, the, the cooled cars, forget the sports car driving, forget the, um, you know, doing 200 miles an hour, forget all that stuff. For me, it's, it's the travel, um, and, you know, bringing, bringing my lady along too is, is quite special. So going to all these cool places, um, you know, all these little towns like Lime Rock Park, Connecticut, um or Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin or Montreal or Lamont, or, you know, I've I was racing in Tuscany a few months ago. I mean, for me, just the travel and and experiencing different cultures, uh, especially with, you know, somebody that's special to you is, is for me, the best, uh, the best part about it.
1: Well, they flipped that around on you. So, you know, it all seems glorious, (laughs) you know, like I take the whole (laughs) kid and caboodle, but there's gotta be some times where it's just, it's just tough. Uh, what, what's the toughest part about your job?
2: Oh, I'm, I'm six foot five and spending most of the time in a little airplane seat or a hotel room that the bed I don't cooperate, my back doesn't cooperate with or, you know, just, uh, you know, the time away from home is, is difficult, um, obviously, spending a lot of time at the racetracks because, you know, the race is on, you know, if it's a 24 hour race, start Saturday and Sunday, but a lot of these races are two, three hours and they're on Sunday but you're there from Wednesday to Sunday or Thursday to Monday or something like that. So you're not there for a day or two. So really spend a lot of time away from home. And, um, and that's definitely one of the most difficult aspects about it.
0: Well, man, six foot five, you always got to be hungry. You're always sweating in there. It's like, man, uh, Cooper's always hungry. Yeah. yeah not,
2: not only that, but always sore too. I actually just got a massage about an hour before we got on the phone call here. But uh,
0: yeah,
2: that's all part of the deal.
0: No doubt, man. No doubt. All right. How do people find you socially, man? How do people plug in to where you're gonna be at? Um, find out more about what you're driving, uh, and pushing through the races and uh just more about you.
2: Yeah, um, pretty much I would just say, you know, social media stuff. Um, uh, Instagram basically just, you know, my my personal page, Cooper McNeil or our Weather Tech Racing page. Um, you know, there's a lot of information on there. Also the IMSA Instagram page or Twitter really, you know, you guys know Twitter. It's uh Great for you know live action information and up to date uh, real time information. So especially during the race, that's a good good place to see it.
1: Yeah, a couple extra tips, man. Check out the WeatherTech girls. Uh huh. You'll thank me later.
2: There you go. And
1: you know, man, we've done so much with your dad with WeatherTech, man. You guys make some of the best products in the world. Thank you. I got them in all my cars. So check out the WeatherTech gear. God, you can't top their accessories. Uh, they're just number one.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that. You'll thank that. me I mean, for that too. Yeah, we put, we put, yeah, we put sure. the we put the time and effort into, into, you know, manufacturing the best products we can in America, hiring American workers, building American parts, machinery, using American machines, tools, et cetera. So we really try and support our economy, not somebody else's.
1: Yeah. I met your dad, God, I don't know, about ten, ten, eleven, twelve 10, 11, 12 years ago got the full plant tour man i can totally vouch for how you guys do it how you do it in america came back a couple years later um man it's been a great kind of run with you guys and i love watching the product side i love watching you race uh it's just it's too much fun Thank
2: thank you guys thank you
0: Hey, man, I asked your dad one time if I could drive his GT. Uh, he looked at me like uh, he did you when you were 15, 16. So, Trust me,
2: I've seen that look a few too many times, Willie. You're not the only one. Uh, I was like, I'll take that as no. Thank you very
0: much, man. Awesome meeting you. Uh, all right, Cooper. Hey, man, we definitely appreciate your time, brother. Always. It's a pleasure anytime. to have you.
2: Anytime. Happy to be here anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. Take care, there you
0: man. go, man. And don't forget about our show, Eric Weekend's on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. We're also available on Motor Trend Streaming On Demand, which is a great resource to find us. Uh, my man Kevin Bird, our producer Scoop, executive producer Bob Eckert, um, Willie B, and thanks to our guest
1: Cooper McNeil. And don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com. Share your thoughts with us. We're everywhere on social, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. Two Guys Garage podcast is a copyright. 2022, Brenton Productions Incorporated. All rights reserved.
0: Whew, that's some throttle therapy on a podcast, man. Uh. Oh, man, I'm telling you. Dude, know uh, that guy is so fast, man. He's he's 6'5". He's probably wearing a 13 or 14-size shoe. Uh, <laughs> I don't see how he fits in some of those cars, but he does a damn good job. And we're
1: definitely uh, we're definitely part of that Go Coop sort of cheering team, man. He's killing it. Amen. All right, guys. I had a blast. I hope you did, too. We'll catch you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast.